good morning. Aren't you glad to be here? This is your last, yeah, thank, thank you. Noah, I love you so much. Jake's not, he's not clapping at all. And thank you, Angie, for clapping. It's your last chance. Now you saw me, you may want to go to Children's Church. So, well, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to do this second on our series, Me to We. And uh, this is exciting because we're going to talk about ingredients of a disciple. Pastor Clayton did. He did an okay job. No, he did a great job on talking. I do love him, by the way. I think you can all tell by the way I mercifully, you know, mercilessly brutalize him. And he did a great job talking about what is a true disciple and talking about maybe how we, not maybe, how we kind of diluted that and kind of took away what really is a disciple. So I get to talk about ingredients of a true disciple. And speaking of ingredients, I want to talk about a recipe. Did you like that smooth transition there? Really smooth there, ingredients, recipe. So first of all, let me say this. Several years ago, I had a surgery, and that surgery kind of ruined me. It's called the ruin why, and it ruined me. It ruined my guts. So I have to be very careful what I eat, and I don't really even like eating that much per se anymore because it's hard to, to decide what to eat. My wife, she was she here? Where are you, honey? There she is. She'll back this up that I really don't care. I'll eat anyway, and then I pay for it, okay? I pay for it. So she has 100% no sympathy for me whatsoever. But I can't eat as much as I would like to, and then sometimes I just don't like food, but I do love something. I want to share a recipe with you today. I love mole sauce. How many of you even know what mole sauce is? What is wrong with you people? Thank you, Ben. I love you so much. Mole sauce is a sauce. It's made about a hundred different ways, but sometimes it has a chocolate base, a peanut butter base, and the sauce is put over enchiladas, chicken. Mole sauce is amazing. The first time I had it was on our honeymoon in San Antonio on the Riverwalk, and it is amazing. I could drink the sauce. Now, here is the recipe for the best mole sauce ever, 27 ingredients. My brother-in-law over here, Dan, I want you to make me this mole sauce. 27 ingredients. He is a great chef. To make it, the next page, I didn't want to print it. You have to sit down. Now, this is just the sauce. This isn't the dish. This is what you put over enchiladas or chicken whatever to make the sauce you have to sit down with these 27 ingredients. Don't stop. Two and a half hours later, you have a little sauce. So I have decided that I am going to go down to the local Hispanic market and buy some mole sauce. Amen? Amen. This brings me to today. When Clayton and I started working on this oh, like a month ago, I came up with 16 ingredients for disciple. And I looked at Clayton, I went, no. And he looked at me and went, no, you can't say your name in an hour. It makes you think you can do 16 ingredients of disciple. Got it down to 10. Clayton looked at me, I looked at him, and we went, no. Got it down to five. And I thought, I'm doing pretty good. And our loving pastor looked at me and went, no. And I thought, my goodness. So we kept working on it, and we came up with one ingredient, now, this isn't a catch-all, be-all, but it is the main ingredient, the thing you have to have for a disciple. One thing, just one thing. Let me read this verse to you. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now you're thinking, oh, obedience. No, it is important. Back up. If you love me. Now, you know this next passage of Scripture, Matthew 22 
verses 35 through 40. What is happening here was Jesus was constantly in trouble with the religious folk, the leaders. If you will, I've said this many times from this stage, people like moi, me, paid professional, excuse me, professional leaders. Yes, no, we get paid, you don't. But anyway, so paid, I'm kidding, he gets paid. Paid professional leaders. And they were always trying to trap Jesus, do something to trip him up. So they came to him one day and they said, hey, teacher, thinking if he said anything, they could trap him. All right, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus very simply said, you know this, if you've been around scripture at all, if not, catch this importance. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind. Oh, by the way, the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then he goes on to say this. On these two things depend the whole law of the prophets. Pretty heady stuff. Pretty important stuff. I mean, if it wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have said it. They're trying to catch him, trying to say, if he says this, we'll get him here. If he says this, he throws it out, stops him cold. Saying that, here's the theme. Here's the one ingredient. You, let's just say it. You have to have to make a good disciple. Not 27 ingredients, one. That everything else can be based on. But without this ingredient, you got nothing. Love. Now, I know when I say this, we, actually some people were laughing about this in first service. When I say this, the thought goes, oh, here we go. I'll do it. I'll do it like I did it for them. How's that? Well, here we go. Kevin's going to talk about love. Why do we need to talk about love? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Humor me. Finish this little diddly with me. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Oh, wouldn't that? Oh, you guys did that so sweet. I almost grew a heart. I remember that song from, you all remember, some of you remember the Jerry Lewis telethons, remember? I said, I've said this from the pulpit before. I was reminded I've said it way too many times. Remember the Beatles wrote, all you need is, and then they broke up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about the world says is love because what the world says is love is pfft, that is a fake, prostituted, just trashed version of love. The love that Christ is talking about is love that truly only comes from the Father. True love. John 14, 31, the first part says, this is Jesus speaking, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus said, I love the Father, but it's the love that the Father gives me in the first place. So, very quickly, you're going to love this. Two things. Love God, love others. Goodbye. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Love God, love others. That's it. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Let's start there. Love God with all your heart. Now, that doesn't mean that big giant muscle that, you know, I worked on the third floor of Hillcrest, the heart hospital, that big old, you know, boom, 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 that nasty muscle that comes out and boom. 
That would look great on a Valentine's Day card, amen? I'm thinking, I'm going to find that card and say, honey, you're going to get that card with that big nasty thing. What do we do? We give that card. Honey, I love you with all my, with all my heart. Simply it's devotion, and, and not the devotion that you think of. I mean, true, pardon me, guttural, digging down heart. So I was trying, I was trying, I'm going to get it. I was trying to think about what does that really mean? So the only thing I can think of is my lovely wife, Kendra, over there. Wave at everybody. I'm thinking the way Kendra looks at me, that, and who wouldn't? Come on. <laughs> that true heartfelt, right, honey, that true heartfelt devotion that she, she just laughed. Okay. <laughs> All teasing aside, let me get, we call it my, my home real talk. For the past eight years, I have been dealing with some of the toughest of life's struggles with people. Death. Being with people at that moment when a spouse or a child or a parent. And in that moment, I'll be honest, I consider it the most sacred, holy thing I have ever done in my life. When I am with them as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I walked with it when my dad passed 12 years ago. where I couldn't breathe. And I've sat with people. I've held their hands. And then two years ago, I'm in a place called Hillcrest. And I'm chaplain. And I'm with people at Heart ICU, with Burn ICU. And I'm, I'm with them. I'm holding people's hands that leave this place. And I go sit with family members, and I see this, I can't breathe. And I get them to match my breathing. And I learned about devotion. That devotion to that person. I've also been with people where God did miracles. And people lived when they weren't supposed to live, and I saw a different kind of a devotion. Thank you. And I walked with people out those doors. Of course, we have to get them in the wheelchair. Boy, so let me tell you, some people don't want to get in that wheelchair, and we're like, listen, it's the law. You're going to get in that wheelchair. And I've had to talk people in that. But yet we get out there, and they get out, and they get in that car with that loved one. And I will say this, and she didn't know I was going to do this. I will say in that eight years, I have tried to tell her how much I adore her. And I am devoted. And that is what Jesus had for the Father. And Jesus is saying, that is the love you have. And we're to have that love for Christ, that devotion. Now, I want you to take what I just said and put it right here because we're going to come back to the why we have it in just a moment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Psalm 73, 25 says this, whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on the earth. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. There are some of you in here, and I would dare not embarrass you. When we get down to it, when I ask you, tell me, about your Savior, you cannot help but cry because you're so overtaken by what He has done for you. 
And it is the best part of my job here to hear from you when you say this. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than riches untold. And I look in your eyes and I can almost see in here that you mean it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And your soul is your actions. It's who you are. And you do that because you're devoted to Him. All right, now this, this is where we're going to... Hey, it's going to get better, okay? Just hang with me, okay? I know uh, somebody said today, are you going to make us cry? Yeah, you know, but don't worry. It gets better. All right, so our actions back up our words. Okay, hang with me. God has chosen to give me my lot in life to walk through those valleys of the shadow of death with people. And sometimes in situations, talk is cheap. Do you get what I'm saying? So when someone says this, I'm so sorry. I love you. Forgive me. I'll never do it again. The recipient of that feels like throwing up, angry, because they've heard it time and time and time and time again, and it means nothing. Get me? So that soul comes in, that action comes in to prove the devotion. Those of us called Christian, we can say all day long, Jesus, I love you, I'm devoted to you, but the true mark of being truly devoted to Jesus is what comes out, baby, what comes out. I didn't get one amen. I'm going to stand here till I get an amen. Get me? Listen, what comes out in actions is truly the proof of what we say with our mouth. One time I was talking to someone, and they just had a consistent life of, I'm sorry, I love, I'm sorry, I'm love, I'm sorry, I love, and just, I don't get why people don't believe me. And, you know, I know Jesus loves me, and finally I just, and it wasn't mean, I didn't say it mean, I finally said, why don't you love them back by what you do? And then I went, whoop, I just said that out loud. Because it was supposed to be an inside thing. <laughs> Listen to this verse. Colossians 3.23. Work willing at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. So, kindness. Love. Well, you know, I love the Lord and I love people. What shows out of you? What does your life consistently show those around you? Well, I love the Lord and I love people. But then what are you known for? Now, Jesus is our example. So why don't we just look at something he did? Okay, I'm going to make a really bad pun joke here. I woke up thinking about that. I know, I'm sorry. Actually, you just have to live with it. Me, we, 
So the story I thought of was Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus, me, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Okay, I'm sorry. I threw it out there. I'm going to throw it immediately. We, okay. So anyway, Jesus, I know, some of you just did this. I think I'm going to get punched, but it's okay. This is an amazing story that we sing when we're little. We sing it to our kids, and there's so much depth. Jesus is doing his work, okay? Colossians, the work you do. He's doing his Jesus thing. He's doing his Jesus ministry. He's walking through town, and he notices there's somebody up in that sycamore tree. Remember? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Okay, enough of that. I'm going to drop that, okay? He's doing his thing, and there's Zacchaeus in the sycamore tree. And what does Jesus do? Okay, we're going to paraphrase it in modern language because some of you are a little slow today. Hey, Zacchaeus, yeah, sleep over your house, let's go, right? Now, let me be really crystal clear on this, okay? I'm going to do a little stretching. Okay, I'm not going to do so much stretching. <laughs> did I miss anybody? I don't have a star David. Anybody got a star David? Quick. I'm 2% Jewish. Hurry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you know a little secret. I'm back there praying. I said, Lord, just let me be myself. I take it back. <laughs> I feel like I should just dismiss right now. <laughs> if you need Jesus, come to the front now. Half of you would come down. Did you get that, Clayton? So Jesus is doing what he does. He's doing his Jesus thing. He's ministering and all that. And then he sees the sycamore tree. I'm coming to your house tonight. Now, if it was important, if it would have happened, I truly believe it would have been in Scripture. Now, hang on. Some of the first, first service people were like, I'm glad you said that, but wow, I'm going to go back and look at this. I said, good, go. Be, you know, be a Berean. He didn't get to the house, okay, and go, now Zacchaeus, I'd like to go over the Roman road with you. Okay, whew. all right, Zacchaeus, I'd like for you to kneel down here and confess your sins to me, and I want you to repeat, okay, <laughs> I want you to repeat a prayer after me, because I'm all about conversion theology, and that's what we're going to do right now before we go on another step. He went to his house and just was with him, the presence of Christ with Zacchaeus, and spend time. No, of course, we don't know what they said verbatim, but I believe truly if there are some deep theological points here, we would see them in Scripture. He loved him. What did Zacchaeus do? Oh, oh, master, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. Oh, master, just his presence. And master, if I have wronged anybody, four times back. Four times back, that's what I'm going to do. And I can, I'm sure Jesus is sitting there going, okay, dial it down, cowboy. Okay. <laughs> he is working for the Lord, doing what the Father has commanded him because he wants everybody to know he loves the Father. What's my point? Doing love, loving with our actions, loving the Father intentionally and simultaneously our actions happen. There are days, I know, y'all are going to be really shocked. You can, you know, 
I got a child here and my spouse here. There are days I just really don't like anyone. Myself included. And I wake up and I go, okay. Lord, let me love people. Okay, right? Am I the only one? Thank you for your honesty. Okay, I'll deal with you later. All right, so... <laughs> But then there are days when I wake up and I'm like just going on with my life as you go, as you walk. And God literally, I was telling someone, Noah and I were at a car lot, remember? And a lady walked, you're my witness, a lady walks up to me, are you a minister? And I looked at Noah and I went, why? (laughs) And I was not dressed as a minister at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said some things that were not ministerly. As you go intentional. I'm going to look. And sometimes you just say, oh, yo, 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 bam. Really? I'm in the bathroom, okay, right? But our actions flow out of our devotion. And then, of course, you've got love from your heart, soul, and then mind. Now, I'm going to throw Clayton under the bus. Clayton said something beautiful last week. He said, learning is cheap. One of the smartest guys I know looked at me and go, learning is cheap. I love talking with Clayton about theology and what Scripture really means in the context of who it is speaking to and what it's trying to say and looking the front and the back chapters of trying to get a hold of what really is being said in the Greek and really cheering in there. And then here's the guy going, yeah, it's cheap. Ah. And he's right. Who in the Bible were the most learned men that Jesus said, you brood of vipers, the Pharisees. It can be a cop-out. Years ago, those of you that know, Amy Grant wrote a song called Fat Little Babies about, about just sucking up all of God's Word, just sucking it up, sucking it up, sucking it up. Y'all remember Fat Kevin? Suck it up, suck it up. <laughs> I want to know all I can about the one who died for me. In my devotion, I want to know everything I can about him and, and, and the Father and what, what, they, what they truly want for me out of love. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightfully handling the word of truth. You cannot handle God's holy word correctly if you don't know it, and you don't read it. And yes, I use commentary. Yes, I use the Greek on my computer, wink. And I study different commentaries. I study people on the left of their theology, people on the right of their theology, and then I come into the middle. And I look at it and I study because I want to know what the Father was saying, what Jesus was saying. I want to know what they meant. I want to dig into it. And listen, it doesn't matter about the materials and the studies and the books and the podcast, 12 weeks here, 16 weeks here, but if you just stay there, they are meant to be tools, again, to help us get our actions straight so we get closer to our devotion to the Father and to Jesus Christ. But if all you do is class after class after class, and we never leave these rooms, and we never get outside, it's no good. We become arrogant. 
pumped up. Pharisees. I'm going to speak to myself. Brood of vipers. What good are we? We become the very people that Jesus didn't like. Yeah. Well, Jesus loves everybody. You can love somebody and not like them. Can I get an amen? Ask my daughters. They'll tell you. Yeah. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things that are here this earth. Cast down imaginations and every haughty thing. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I say this all the time. It's a mind thing, baby. It's a mind thing. All right. Love God with our heart, our soul, our mind. And then second, hmm, Love your neighbor as yourself. Good news, this is way shorter than what we just did. Yay, Kevin, finally. Love our neighbor as ourself. First of all, let me start with this. First is us, family. Remember the old song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Are we? Do not get on Facebook. Hmm. Uh, let me just read this. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to not go any further on that point. Let me just say this. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have, anybody know it? Say it. Love for one another. Love. Disciples. Love. Oh, it's like there's a theme here. It's like God knows what he's doing. Love and disciples. All men will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So we're focusing on this, but let me just throw a little side note. Brother Lindsay's group down here at Friendship, across the street, the Nazarenes, oh, Chris Wall down here at First, Andrew, I love Andrew, down here at Freedom. Brother Bruce, I love Brother Bruce's assembly. Great guy, great guy. We can just go on and on and on. We don't believe like they do. Okay, I'm not going to touch that one. We got our beliefs. Oh, you can take that up with the Lord. If they call Jesus, Jesus, that's cool with me. Now let's just keep, okay, I'll bring it back here. Is everybody okay? Everybody cool with that if I bring it back here? So y'all, a couple of y'all looking at me like you're going to punch me. Wait till Clayton gets back and punch him. How about us? We have the same dogma, yet... By the way, let me let you off the hook a little bit. Kinder, I'll tell you, this is still the best church we've ever been in. This is family. But if we compare ourselves to what God says, we've still got some work to do. Amen? Okay. 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, and a humble mind. There's a story about two men riding a bicycle built for two, and they're going up this hill, and they are just, they are just dying. They're like, oh, my goodness. So the guy in the back went, that was the toughest hill I've ever gone. I didn't think we were going to make it. 
Got up front and said, yeah, good thing I had my hand on the brake so we didn't go backward. <laughs> Explain to your neighbor, because somebody didn't, a lot of people didn't get that one. Sometimes it feels like we're on that bike all together. Some are holding the brake, some are just chugging along. It's not about control, because we ain't. There's one in control. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then the second part of it, first part's family. The second part is others outside the family. We're so glad we're a part of the family of God. Join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. And then Galatians 5.14. Tell me if this sounds familiar. For the whole law is fulfilled in one sentence. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I heard that somewhere. It is again, like, it's like God knows what he's doing. It's like Jesus says these things. It's like he's got a plan. And I hate plans, but there it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're almost done. Just a couple more things. A little quick story. There's a princess, a very famous princess, and she had a little daughter, a little toddler. But bless her heart, the toddler got so terribly, horribly sick. So the doctor said, princess, you cannot, cannot, cannot be around this little girl. And the princess is like, well, I'm the princess. I can do whatever I want. And they said, she's going to die. True story. And the princess said, what? But that's my daughter. And they said, listen, you're the princess. You're, you're next in line. You cannot be around your daughter. So the princess went back there, and they had it all, you know, shut off and closed off. This is many years ago. And the little girl began to cry for her mama. All the, all the moms, Caitlin just went, oh, you know, all the moms are like, oh, my goodness. And so she's crying, mama, mama, mama. You, women, you know the story, right? She pushed that doctor out of the way. She pushed open those doors, went and grabbed her daughter, held her close, and the little girl's crying. And the princess reached down and kissed her daughter right on the lips. Guess what? princess got it. The princess died five days later. Her daughter died a couple of weeks later. Before the princess died, her husband came in, who was next, literally next in line. What were you thinking? And he's, of course, he's obviously in mourning because he knows he's going to lose two, his wife and his daughter. What were you thinking? And she said, how in the world, how in the world could I not reach down and grab my child when she cries and calls out my name. Ugh. And she died. Listen to this statement. He said this, real love forgets self. Real love knows no danger. Real love doesn't count the cost. I do want to add an amendment before I go on. Do not leave here and kiss a stranger. Can I just make that real crystal clear right now? Do not grab a stranger and kiss them. Let me say this, and I want to give you a little challenge. Why? Who cares? Why are we, why are we even talking about this? 
Next week, Clayton is going to talk about where do we go from here. I just laid this groundwork loving others, and I'm going to stop there. You may say, that's a weird place to stop. For the next two weeks, he's going to talk about loving others, loving the church, loving those into the family. But why are we even talking about this? It's in a verse that if you grew up in church at all, or if you've even been around church people, you know it, John 3, 16. But a little different angle. For God so loved. Stop there. What did Jesus say? Everything I do, I do for the Father. He's our example. For God so loved. Clayton talked about losing the plot last week. I want to continue talking about losing the plot. We have lost the plot. It is not right wing versus left wing for crying out loud. I don't care about politics. I don't. I don't care. Someone asked me today, do you love your country? And I said, I love Jesus more. And a hundred years from now, God is not going to look at me and go, are, are you, wait a minute now, are you a Republican or Democrat? I mean, I was probably libertarian anyway. Delete that off the stream now. Can we seriously talk honestly about this for just a tiny bit? God so loved the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Second part, Jesus changes. So why are we doing this? Because God so loved and Jesus changed everything in Kevin. Now granted, it took me about when I get hit 48 years old, that's when I finally started getting this much of it. And I'm 55, and guess what? I got this much of it. I'm not the same. Thank you. And I'm never going back. Ever. Some of you are going, oh great. Can you dial it down to 10? I'll go 10 and a half. So here's my challenge and we're done. What has he changed in you? What has he changed in you? I mean, I want you to stop and think about it. Some of you, listen, some of you have given your testimonies, the best part of my job here. Some of you have given your testimony in those tears. I just want to bottle them up. I treasure them. I hang on to them. Because two seconds in, when I've asked testimonies, two seconds in, you break down. I know some of you are tough. You don't break down. But let me tell you, when I look in here, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I see it. What has he changed in you? What has he set you free from? So here it is. Just a challenge. No rules. Ain't my deal. From today to next week, tell someone, anyone, there's no rules. I don't care who you tell. 
You can tell the person next to you. Just tell someone how he's changed you. It wouldn't it be a kick in the pants if in your small group you just said, can I tell you who, who I told? What would happen in here? Even a third of you did that in your small group next week. And if you don't have anything to share, we'll have some of us back there. Rylan's going to close us out. I'll go back there. Come tell us. Nothing. And guess what? We'll tell you about how you changed us. Deal? Cool. Rylan's going to make his way here and just close us. And I'm just going to head back over there. So why don't we do this? Why don't you stand? Everybody stand and Rylan, it's yours, buddy. Hey, can we say thank you to Kevin for the message this morning?